All right. We're going to continue to go through uh, Colossians. Um, so open your Bibles uh, to Colossians 3, 9 through 11. Um, as we continue to go to this letter to the early church, and we believe um, that the Word of God, uh, that he, he spoke um, through the Apostle Paul's life and, and in this letter. And there were believers before us that said, man, the words in this letter are so, uh, so amazing. And, and so, um, where you just know, like, this is God. This is God speaking through a human. So it has a human element as far as, like, you know, Paul wasn't a robot. He, you know, uh, he, he knew what he was writing. But we believe it was so inspired that it became scripture. And so we read it today um, knowing that it's not just words. It's not just a book. Um, here at Emmaus, we go uh, through expository teaching, which is which means we're going to go through the Word of God 90% of the time where it's not like, hey, I want to speak about this this week, or I want to speak about this week, or I feel like the Lord is telling us to speak about this. Usually what we do is we just go through books of the Bible. And we do that because we believe that the Lord works through that. Right? Sometimes my flesh is weak, Clint's flesh is weak, and you know um, we'll just talk about things that we want to talk about. And so we combat that by going through Scripture. But what's awesome is that the Lord plans these things as we're just planning them in the ordinary. He, he plans them in the extraordinary. And um, pretty soon we're like, wow, uh, man, God, exactly what we're going through right now, right at this time, you have chosen that we would speak about it today. Um, and proof is always just right in there. And so that's why we've been going even slower through these parts as we're as a nation, as a church, as a city. Um, and as a state, some of the things that we're going through, we're like, man, God is just like, you know, people tearing each other down with their words, anger, violence, racism. And here we are going through Colossians, and Paul's talking to the early church about it. Man, how awesome it is that God does that. So really open up your hearts and your minds um, to what God wants to speak, because I believe this is ordained, and this is time, which means God is in this. We're not just reading a book. God is wanting to speak to us through this book, okay? So Colossians 3, 9 through 11. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Let us pray. Uh, Lord God, let's permeate our heart and our minds this morning. Um, God, we love that you that you speak to us in our intellect, but you also speak to us um, in the unseen and in the spiritual. And so Holy Spirit, just illuminate what needs to be uh, brought to the attention, uh, what needs to be made whole, made clean, what needs to be rebuked in us, um, so that we would walk in the freedom that you, that you have presented before us. That, so we could just walk with you, Lord God, which is what the gospel is for. God, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. So we, we want to dissect this together and just look at it. And the first part is do not lie to each other. Uh, he says, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. And so I really want to just sit on that statement, do not lie to each other. Um, and I don't think the Bible is just is talking about lying like telling the truth. I don't think he's, he's talking about that, although I want us to look at that. Uh, what does the Bible say just about lying? Just so we would take it serious. You know, the last couple weeks we talked about slander. We talked about uh, being honest, not about spreading gossip, all those things. So it's just, it's important because all throughout Old and New Testament, God talks about us listening to truth and telling the truth. Proverbs twelve twenty two: the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. 
you know, um, let, let that passage just speak for itself. I mean, God detests, <laughs> detests lying lips. You know, um, little white lies to big lies to whatever it would be. The Lord says, man, I'm, I'm just not okay with it. But he delights. God is rejoicing when we are honest, even when it's difficult, even when it's hard, even if it's something we don't like to hear, you know, because it's just so difficult. God delights when we are truthful. Exodus 23.1, do not spread false reports. Don't spread them. If you don't know the truth, if you don't know it's true, if you haven't checked your facts, don't spread it. Do not help a wicked man by being a malicious witness. And that is something in our day and time that needs to be said again and again. And I would say I have been guilty of it, where I believe something, or I say, oh, did you read that? And I don't know if it's true or not. You know, I, I, I know I, would, I wouldn't put my money on that source. I wouldn't bet my life savings, which isn't a lot, but I wouldn't bet it on that source, right? But yet I spread it. And so the Lord speaks to me saying, man, you know, slow that down because you're, you're doing exactly what I told you not to do, just because you're angry because you're mad. Matthew 5, 3, 7, this is from Jesus. Simply let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. Anything beyond that comes from the evil one. And so that was written in an ancient time where people, just like us, well, now I really mean it. So they would say, I swear by, you know, the lake goddess, or I, I swear by the moon, or I swear by this. And what Jesus is saying there, man, you need to be something different, that your words matter. And so simply let your yes be your yes and your no be your no, which means people can count on what you say. So if I say, tomorrow we're having lunch at 1230, I'm not going to be flaky and just say, oh, man, I just decided not to come. You know, you can count on it. If I say, man, I'm going to be here for you, that, that that would mean something. In in relationships, one of the worst things that can happen is when your spouse, when the person that you love or count on that's in your inner circle, and you can't count on their words. You know what I'm talking about? I do a lot of marriage counseling. That's one of the first things that really hits home is, is I just don't believe what they say anymore because so many promises have been broken. So I just wanted to sit there for a second and just like, you know, I don't, that's not the heart of the message necessarily, like, you know, just, you know, be honest, be truthful. But I do think we have to just look at that. Like our words matter. And we just wanted to stop there and make sure that we could all sit there. And I'm, and I'm preaching to myself as well. Okay, so this statement, you know, do not lie to one another, and he's talking to the early church. What he's talking about is how we tell each other that we're okay when we're not. When, we, when we're not honest with one another with our struggles, or what is sin we call good just so we can be in good favor with people. He's talking about all those things. Right? There's ways that we lie to each other all the time, just on a normal basis. Tell someone they're good at something when they're, when they're not. Right? Tell someone they're a good singer when they're not. You might regret it because they're just going to sing away. Right? You uh, have someone make a dish, and you're like, man, how was it? Oh, that was amazing. That was so good. You might have that every Monday for the rest of your life. Right? In my home, and my wife will tell you, we are honest about what is made. We're not mean. There's a difference. We're not mean. Like, I wouldn't serve this to my worst enemy, honey. Like, no, I don't say that right? That's mean. That's mean. That's not nice. But we are honest, right? And, and we talk about those things. My wife and I like, I want to know that when you tell me I'm good at something that I actually am. You're not setting me up for failure, right? That's an important thing, right? And there's things that we do in the body all the time to make friends, to make people like, the Bible says we, we puff each other up, which means, man, I'll tell you that, that's how you have a prophetic word when you don't even have a prophetic gift. I'll tell you that you have an anointing on your life when you're walking in sin, 
right? And it's something that the world struggles with as well. We call good what God would call sins because the world says that's loving. And that's not okay, right? So there's just ways that we lie to each other. And man, I am I'm not above it. I struggle with it too. I actually like people to like me sometimes, sometimes, right? Something that the world struggles in too is this is just how I am and deal with it. This just just how I am isn't always a confession. In fact, sometimes it's a proclamation to be less than who God has made you to be. And I would ask you this morning as we're we're talking about this subject, do you have people in your inner circle who won't lie to you or let you lie to yourself? Do you have those people? There's difference between running life alone and running with people. When When I jog, I usually jog alone. Right, because I want to pick my pace, and it's funny because there'll be people that I do not know coming this way towards me, and all of a sudden I'm not walking anymore. I'm not huffing and puffing. I am like a rock star running a marathon. Okay, that's not how you want to do life. That's how I'm still probably going to jog, um, but that's not how you want to do life, right? Do you have those people in your life that they, man? They, they're going to tell you like, dude, that's not godly. The way you treat your wife is not okay. That, the, the, the stuff that you look on, on the internet or movies, man, it's not, you can't tell me it's uplifting, right? Do you have those people in your life or do you have people that will just let you lie to yourself? In every addiction, bad behavior, or pit, there is a liar, right? We find Satan there, but usually we find ourselves there and then we find friends there too. One who lies to himself and gathers others who will help them in that deception. Again, please, <clears throat> there's a difference between being honest with love and mean, right? I used to coach uh, middle school football, and, you know, elementary football and sports is different. Everybody's a winner. Everybody gets to play. Middle school, that starts to change because we're setting you up for high school, right? And pretty soon that kid that was the rock star no longer is, and you had to, like, explain to them and their father or their mother that, like, yeah, they just, they're not going to play this position. They just don't have the giftings yet or maybe ever, but you it's not like your job as a coach, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tear down this 12-year-old. No, <laughs> right? That's so let's be honest, but do it with love. Other ways that we lie to ourselves, right? We're going to talk to each other, how's your day? How are you doing today? And our first response most of the time is, I'm good, I'm great. But that's not really the story that's happening inside here, right? So if you listen and you look at people, they'll say, well, I'm okay, and use that as invitation, at least for me, is like, well, why is it just okay? Because every day is a good day. Why, why isn't today a really great day, right? And, and it's an important thing that we don't just go around telling another, that's lying too. That's lying too. And that's what Paul's talking about. Like, stop lying to yourself. Stop lying to each other. This is part of what the church gathers together to do. And I would say, it's not going to happen necessarily on a Sunday morning during this time. It's not going to happen as we're greeting outside. You aren't going to hear every life story at that time, right? We have to invest more to really get that type of accountability. But look at this statement, and, and how would you fill this in? I wish people knew blank about me. Do you have an inner circle that you can say, I wish people knew that I'm really struggling right now. I wish people knew that I am so angry at the church, I, like, a, like a righteous anger or maybe even an unrighteous anger that you need to get out there and get filtered through. Like, I'm so angry at our government. I'm so angry at God. Like, what can, do you have an inner circle? And what I find is there many times we, we don't, you know. We don't have people that we can say, man, I, I just, and so I just, this becomes, and this, 
if you don't have that that statement right here, just it hits it hits you like, gosh, I wish I could just write in there. And some of us will, and some of us will choose not to. Let's to look at Second Corinthians three, thirteen through eighteen, as um, Paul talks about masks. And in the Old Testament, Moses. Um, great man of God, walked in wonder and awe and power, and he, and he was the deliverer that God chosen to deliver his people out of bondage. Um, and in that ministry, in that anointing, he was able to go over into the mountain with the Lord, and that's where we get actually the law and, and the Ten Commandments. In that invitation with him and God, there is a transformation that happens in Moses, right? So he's face-to-face with God, and like his face and his hair is changed. And he comes down from the mountain with the law, but he also is freaking people out, right? So the people that didn't go up to the mountain, like, Moses, you're, you're freaking us out. Can you put a veil over yourself? Because you're just radiating. Well, then what happens is that first Moses puts that on because like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. You didn't get to go be with God. I did. I'll put that on. I get it. I'm going to be nice. But then that starts to fade. And so Moses puts on the veil, not now for their protection or for their, their safety. He does it because he wants to fake it. He wants everyone to think, I am Moses, who's just walking with God in such splendor. And so 2 Corinthians 3, 13 through 18, Paul who also writes Colossians, speaks to it. He says, We are not like Moses, who put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. So what he's saying is there is like, well, of course it didn't work for Moses. He's, t- he's talking to the Pharisees right, and, 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 and the, the people of God who weren't experiencing what they were hoping to experience. Of course it didn't work for you because you were under an old covenant that wasn't supposed to work. God was just showing his law through us. But through this covenant with Jesus, now there is power and transformation. So you can take off the mask because God is real. And there's no kids in here, so I can say this. God's not Santa Claus. You can question him. He really is going to show up and put presents under the tree. I said that in one service once, and some parents were mad at me. I'm like, my bad. Probably helped you out, but that's okay. Uh, So what he's saying to us is we don't have to fake church. So the things that we do in our busyness, right, and we just, we we do it. We have a process, and not all the process is bad, but part of the process that is bad is that we just get religious and we fake it. And we don't have to. You don't have to. Don't be ugly about it. Don't be ugly about the process. Not everyone's going to understand your sin. Not everyone's going to get it. Not everyone's going to rebuke you or love you when you need it, right? Um, There is a process. Be nice about it. But we don't have to fake it just because we've experienced some of those things. Um, Talked about this in in both services, so I'll talk about it just for a bit in this one as well. Um, Because it's probably something I'm still processing as well. but, But last year... One of my my really good friends was just, he was going through a really terrible time in his life, 
Um, and I always knew that he had bad days, and I always knew that he struggled, but I didn't know he struggled as much as he did. Um, and eventually, he actually took his life. Um, sorry. I don't know why it's more real this service than it was the other ones. But um, and it's something I'm still processing because I didn't know how much he struggled. Um, I didn't know, um, and I wish he would have taken off the mask in front of me, and his brother and his dad, and it's one of those things <clears throat> that we still struggle to this day, because he was a believer, and I believe he's with Jesus. Um, he got there before us, but I wish he would have known that we would have loved him. I wish he would have known that whatever, he made some really bad choices too, that it wouldn't have been too far, right? God could have helped him through it, and so... What I would say to you today, what the Lord wants to say is, is you can take off the mask because the Lord is near. There's nothing that you've done or that you're going through that's too much for him. And we all need Jesus, and he's the only, only answer that we need. And so if you're here today, um, yeah, that would just be my prayer for you. Take off the mask and let the Lord do his work. Um, the second thing I want to look at is this statement that uh, Christ is all and he is in all. So Paul tells him, take off the mask. Take off the mask. Stop lying to each other. Stop laying, lying to each other and working in your former self. And we need to work in the good stuff and take off the old clothes and put on the new. And then he says, Christ is all and he's in all, which means Jesus is our everything. And he says this, here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is all, and he is in all. And so what he's saying here, he's, and every single one of these, um, Greeks and Jews don't get along. Right? Barbarians, Scythians, they don't get along. Slave, free, they're not supposed to be in the same. But in the house of God, all that changes. And so one of the things that, that we see in this day and time, and I, and I, and I see it, um, the world says it, but then I'm hearing Christians, even pastors say it. The gospel won't change racism. The gospel won't change the world we live in. And I hope what people are saying is, is there some of us that are walking in a false gospel that, that we call the American gospel, the, work, the, the Western gospel, and it's not the biblical gospel. I hope that's what they're saying. And I think some are saying that. They're trying to just like call the church out, which is good. But I think some are saying, Jesus is just a religion to me rather than my answer. And so I've got a plan B for you because we all know that he isn't the answer. That's what they're thinking. And it breaks my heart. They would say just do more therapy, do more classes, do more things. Right? Take this drug, take this pill, and that'll take it away. And why it saddens me is because they've chosen to put on the face of religion and they forgot that Jesus still heals. He still transforms. He still forgives. And we as believers cannot. So when I say that for my friend who took his own life or a friend or something that's going through a real, I hope they don't take that lightly that when I say Jesus is your answer. I don't say, I don't say that obnoxiously, but I say that with truth. Like, let's just go to the living waters of God because he is the answer. You won't follow Jesus and hold on to anger or wrath or malice or slander or obscene talk. You might say, that, oh, yeah, Lord is Lord, but you're not, you're not going to walk in it. You won't. You can't. You cannot walk in racism. 
and proclaim the good news or actually read scripture. You won't. People do, but they're wrong. And usually what happens is they have a friend group that never says, like, dude, I think you're a racist. I love you, but I think you're a racist, and we need to take this to God. I love you. I think you're really greedy with your finances. Right? And the list goes on and on and on. In our renewed mind, renewed from the gospel, we no longer see people the way we used to. Right? There's just there's this oneness that happens in the body of God or that can and that should happen. Paul talks about it in Corinthians. One body, one Lord, one spirit, one baptism, and Jesus is our common ground. That's what Paul's saying when he says, stop lying to each other. Like, get real before God and watch what God will do. He says, stop lying to each other. You've taken off your old self with its practices. Right? You've taken off those old clothes. Don't put on those old clothes on any longer. Have nothing to do with them. Put on the new ones. He talks about this in Colossians 2. 20 through 22 that he talked about earlier in this letter. Since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why as though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are all destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings. So again, it's that same thing. Stop lying to each other. You just need Jesus. If we're not careful in our calloused hearts and minds, that statement becomes something that almost offends us. And then the other side of it, well, I'll just get better at following the rules and saying, no, I believe in discipline. I believe in rules, but I do know that they're just a Band-Aid because what I need is Jesus and a heart change. What I need is a transformation. And when God does that and you've seen God do that, you'll never be the same in your life or the hope in others' lives as well. See, if I act like God did something that, that didn't really happen, then there's a problem. We happen in the church, fake prophecy, fake healings, right? fake whatever, and it's really bad. It's actually a lack of faith is what it is, right? Or, or just fake it till you make it. We'll just be more religious. Just do more things or more discipline and that will, no. Comes a point where we have to come to the altar of God. And we have to follow him. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. It's going to be hard, but come on, boom. Paul said, let's just keep up with the spirit. When he's talking about with sin, he's like, okay, repent, follow God. Let's keep up with the spirit. Let's follow the Lord. The spirit will not lead us astray. King David, in his sin and, and, and just hurt and pain and bad choices, said, Lord, give me a new heart and a new spirit. And you have that in the gospel, a new heart and a new spirit. When you, when you have confessed your sins before the Lord and you said, that, Lord, you are my king and you are my forgiveness, there is a new heart and a new mind that begins to happen. Why do you struggle? Well, the reason why is because there's a battle. You have an old body. that This side of heaven is going to just get older. Sorry to say. Right? It's decaying is what's happening. These gray hairs that are starting to happen that I call wisdom is because my body is dying. Yours as well too, young people. You'll get there. Right? It's, 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 so there's a battle. My flesh wants what it wants. So does yours. That's why there's a struggle every day. Paul talks about, man, I want to do these good things, but I don't always do them. Why? Because there's a battle. God didn't change your flesh. Even if he healed certain things, Right? I believe God still heals. Right, God can heal things. It's still going to start decaying until the second coming of Christ. That's his plan. That's his way. A new mind, a new body. That's the battle. Right. So like every day, if my wife would let me, we'd go to Andy's. And I kid you not, like, babe, let's go to Andy's. So, Honey, we went there last night. I know. Let's go again. Right. The kids walk across the room like, dude, they are awesome. Let's go to Andy's and reward them. Right. That would be a bad thing for my budget. Andy's isn't cheap after a while, no matter what you tell yourself, right? And it's, it's really not a great deal. 
and it's not good for your body eventually, right? right? But my flesh wants those things, right? There's a battle. And Paul sees it. He says, to, to fight this battle, we've got to take off a mask and put on the new. Turn your Bibles to Matthew 9, 16 and 17. And this is from our, our Lord Jesus. Um, and he, he gives us understanding so um, we would understand what is happening in us. And he said, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do men pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skin will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. So what he's talking about, there's a process here that when wine ferments, it goes from grape juice to actual wine, which is what they drink in the Bible. And those, as it ferments, there's, there's gases that are going to expand uh, the vessel that it's in. And so they would have to take that wine and they would have to put it in another container and another container and another container. So he's saying no one takes brand new wine and puts it in old wineskin. You don't do that. It's just not going to work. So he's talking to the Pharisees about their old ways of doing things. Like just living by rules and regulations. Like I'm going to give you a new wine and a new wineskin, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Paul's reminding them, man, this, this hasn't failed you. This hasn't, it won't. You just, you just need to take off the old clothes and put on the new ones. That's what he's saying. It's a quote from C.S. Lewis. Um, I've shared it once, and I'll probably share it again. I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. And how that, well, how that explains us for some things as you can, you know, anyone can see the sun rise. You can see it and then illuminate your whole day, right? And so C.S. Lewis, I'm not just because I see it, which anyone that says, well, where is God? How's he working? Well, gosh, it is just there. But there is this then spiritual understanding when the veil is lifted that now it's how you see everything else. It's how you see sin. It's how you see your pain. It's how you see your hope. It's all through the lens of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And some of us need to be reminded of that. I have seen, and I need to be reminded, it's why testimonies are good, I've seen, um, and even in this, this church, a drug user and meth dealer turned from that to a man of God in a heartbeat. Miraculous. And in fact, uh, he would tell his testimony, he'll say, man, dude, I, had, I, I, I dealt meth and I, and, and I, and I used it, and um, the Holy Spirit just took it away the day I gave my life to Jesus. And he's, but, he's, but he said, man, but I also had an addiction to cigarettes, and that took years. Right? For him, he's like, for him, he's like, it's an addiction. I don't want to do it. But it took years. And the same God works through the miraculous, and then that same God works through the marination. Some things God, because he's God, said, you know what? I'm just going to take that from you. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that addiction. I'm going to take that desire. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that, that, that broken vessel in you, and I'm just going to heal it. And then other stuff, he says, this is going to take a while. And both, whether it's the miraculous or the marinated is for your benefit. He is not our slot machine. He's not our lottery ticket. He doesn't just do what we, he has a reason why he does, and he's always good. Right? So that's what Paul's taking by. Oh, you just need to take off the old clothes, put on the new, and watch what God will do. And he never lets you down. And we need to be reminded of that. So take off the old, put on the new, repent, and follow Jesus. That is the word for us this morning.
A couple questions. Number one, in what ways are you not, are you not telling the truth? You're just not being honest with God. You're not being honest with yourself. Whether it be a sin, addiction, your gifts, your pain, your hurt. In what ways are you just not, not telling the truth? You know it's a sin. You keep trying to justify it. You'll find preachers. You'll find um, gurus that will tell you that it's not. They found the loophole, but you know. You know. You know it's wrong. And you're just not telling the truth. Your addiction. Like, I can handle it. And God says, no, you can't. You need some help. I've created it. It's called the body of Christ. I've created it. It's called people with the gift of counseling. Right? Like, oh, I'm just going to do it myself. Nope. Nope. Stop lying to yourself. Your gifts. Right? You gotta trust in the Lord. He's the father of good gifts. He'll give you the gifts you need. Stop holding on the ones he haven't even given to you. Right? Your pain, your hurt. I can get through it. God says, no, you can't. But I can get you through it. In what ways are you just not telling the truth? And are you someone that will tell the truth to that inner circle in love? The most loving people will tell you the truth. Second question, what things do you need to take off and what things do you need to put on? Um, really, the last couple, you know, three weeks have been more talking about the things that we need to take off. Right? There's some weight to that. There's supposed to be some weight to it. Take off those old clothes. Take off those old ways. And that's really hard when you're still, like, walking in those. Right? Oh, just, okay, this is heavy. And it's supposed to be heavy. The next couple weeks coming up is going to be more of the things that we need to put on. But let's be proactive and start seeking the Lord. Like, God, man, I need joy. And that comes through the fruit of the Spirit. You know, fruit, there's a marination process. Fruit takes time. Fruit takes time. Self-discipline. Self-control. Right? The, look in Galatians. Fruit of the Spirit. Those are some of the things we want to put on. And those are some of the things that we're going to talk about in the, in the next three or four weeks. And so as we close, there are people in the back that would love um, to pray with you. Uh, there's communion in the back as, as we partake in that. And we're just going to worship the Lord. We're going to take off the Mass. We're going to repent and follow the Lord and let the Lord do what only he can do. Amen. Let's pray. Father, Lord God, um, you heal the brokenhearted. And just as we sang earlier, let the redeemed of the Lord say so and triumph. But when we don't feel like that we're triumphing or that we're that we're living in the light, God. We don't have to lie, and you don't want us to lie. We can say, Abba, Father, pick me up. And God, would we trust your timing in that? God, would all of us, as we take off that mask, not be afraid to say, Lord God, what is shown? Is it holy? Is it godly? Have we tested this against your word? Have we tested it against the gospel? And for your kingdom that you are building up, does this does this go with that? And if it doesn't go with your kingdom, God, then you've you've told us to let go of it because it'll kill us. May we believe that. May we be a church body that can say when we're hurt, say when we're addicted, and when say when we need help. That we can call for that and know that we're in a safe place to do that. Father, we love you, and we thank you that your word will not come back void, and that you allow us to come before you in all truth and honesty. And you can take whatever we have, whatever baggage, whatever questions, whatever pain, whatever addictions, you can take it. Father, we love you and we praise you.